This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate. I'm your host for today's podcast. Thanks for joining us. Is sexual purity possible? Well, our guest today says, evil associated with sex comes from abuse of God's gift, not from the gift itself. God intended sex to be loving, pleasurable, not a source of heartache and destruction. So in this sex-saturated world, with Satan and our flesh active, how do we experience sexual purity? Well, our guest is Dr. Roger Fankhauser. He's the author of Stormproof Men, Sexual Purity for Christian Men in a Sex-Saturated World. Dr. Fankhauser received both a Master of Divinity and a Doctor of Ministry degree at Phoenix Seminary. His research thesis, Sexual Purity for Non-Sexually Addicted Christian Men, confirm both the need to help Christian men experience purity as well as the general scarcity of resources to help men. His book, Stormproof Men, grew from this work. He is the senior pastor of Burleson Bible Church in Burleson, Texas. Dr. Fankhauser is also the president of Free Grace Alliance. So welcome to Saving Grace. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. I so enjoyed reading your book and felt like, wow, every man, every woman should read this. And and I realized in reading it that the principles for experiencing sexual purity that are in your book could very well apply to women who struggle with that same issue. So would you recommend that women read Stormproof, either for their own need or maybe they have a spouse that is, has sexual sin in their life? Yeah, absolutely, for a couple of reasons. One is, as you said, the principles, for the most part, apply equally to women. Probably the one that is more uh, geared towards men than women is the control of your eyes, since men tend to be more visual yes. as a whole. Yes. But other than yes. that, the principles apply to both. Um, there's a number of places comparing men and women and you know, being aware of different sexual desires and all those kinds of things. Yes. And uh, you know, women, I think, would benefit just from better understanding how men think. Oh, I think so. Just as men would benefit from better understanding how women think. But Absolutely. Sometimes, sometimes that's part of the conflict. <laughs> uh, well, I, I agree with you totally. So our t- discussion today, ladies, is geared to men, but you will benefit from listening. Well, it, again, it was so encouraging reading your book that s- sexual purity is possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say that we have to start with our want to. Right. So let's talk about the heart issue that guides our want to. Yeah, ultimately, uh, it doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter what books you have. If we don't have that that heart desire to follow God and to do what He wants us to do, to live life the way He wants to live it, um, all that information won't help. Yes. Um, yes. And so, and there's really no way you can give that to somebody. They have to develop themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm convinced that uh, when we uh, develop a better understanding of who God is yes. and what He's done for us and our salvation and all the the tools that He gives us in order to live, when we when we see all of that, then that will help prompt the the want to. 
Yes. And then, then once you get to that point, then you can start figuring out, okay, now what do I need to do? Too mm -hmm. oftentimes we get it the other way around. Yes, and, I agree. And if I we don't agree. have that want to, then all, all the other efforts may work for a while, but they're not going to bring lifelong change. More like a Band-Aid rather than a cure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always said the more you know the Lord, the more you love Him. Mm hmm and the less you want to hurt him. Mm -hmm. In fact, you want to do everything to please him when mm -hmm. you know him. So I agree totally that we have to know who he is. Uh, and, and, and thinking about that, having that accurate view of God that is so necessary, what are some of the false ideas about God that can really negatively impact our pursuit of sexual purity? Yeah. Well, there, there are several that uh, come to mind. One is, uh, there's some who have an overly permissive view of God, mm. and so they minimize sin. And yes. um, you know, God, you know, He loves us anyway, which is true. But then they move too far and say, "But He won't deal with His disobedient children." Mm -hmm. And so th there's a low view of of sin, and then you don't really get uh, as encouraged to, to live rightly with that view. Yes. The, the, yes. The other side is the, um, I call him the cosmic killjoy God, that, <laughs> that he's basically looking down on us and uh, he's looking for opportunities for us to fail. Yes. And so we live in fear. Mm -hmm. And so you can have those wrong views of God. And then a, it, closely related to that is if you don't understand um, what he has done for us in salvation, then you add another yes. fear in there. And so on one side, you have the fear of, well, if I live like this, I'll lose my salvation. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is you try solving the problem the wrong way. Yes, yes. And so instead of trying to learn how to use what God has provided us in the Holy Spirit and in His Word and the, mm -hmm. you know, the ability to, to serve Him, uh, end up with a solution of, well, you really need to get saved. Yes. And, and so that creates a problem. Yes. And then uh, same thing on the other side. There's some who say, well, if you struggle with this, then you never really were saved in the first place. Mm -hmm. But both of those end up at the wrong place. Mm -hmm. And instead of understanding, yes, God loves us. He's saved us by his grace. Yes. And once we are saved or his forever, now let's learn how to use the tools that he's given us. Right. To, to live a life that first off is for our best, but ultimately is for his glory. Exactly. I, I agree. So being totally secure in our salvation by faith alone and Christ mm -hmm. alone, uh, only then are we really better able to deal with the areas in our life that are not pleasing to him. Right. So uh, it's a beautiful gift that yeah. he's given us, the yeah. gift of salvation that is secure. Yeah. Uh, and, and it and also that we are unconditionally loved, mm -hmm. don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Theology matters. Oh, no doubt about it. It's not just it. a you know, theoretical classroom thing. It matters yes. in how we live. It, yes, it matters in all of our life. Not, mm -hmm. uh, you know, That's a very good point because so, time, so many times people will say, okay, well, I got saved when I was 12 and I'm going to heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, now I've got to try to figure out how to live in this world. And they don't connect the two. Right. That, that has given you a way to, to live in this world. So uh, got to get the... Cart before the horse. Mm -hmm. Is that let's see? Is that what it is? You or get the horse before the cart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, you know, sometimes uh, we have to go back to the beginning mm -hmm. to understand where we are today, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm referring to the beginning as recounted in Genesis in the garden. Let's talk about God's design and how man corrupted that design and why that's put us where we are today. Yeah. 
Well, the, the Genesis story, which is important to understand that it's a true story. You know, there's a lot of push these days to uh, emphasize theistic evolution and different mm, ways yes. of origins of men, and that's crept into the, the church. Uh, but the, the biblical view is that God created man and woman, specially created them uh, uniquely, created both of them in, in His image, created them as sexual beings, that's part of the, the understanding of the word male and female in Genesis, mm-hmm. and created sex to be a very good thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that's part of the, the idea of being a one flesh relationship between husband and wife. Yes. And so it, it amazes me when you read the words, but it's hard to understand and comprehend practically what it was like that it says they're both naked and not ashamed. And so there is perfect intimacy, openness, you know, no no shame, no hiding going on. And that was God's design. It was pure. It, and Exactly. And so, and that was a good thing. Well, then uh, we all know that after Genesis 1 and 2 comes Genesis 3. Yes. And uh, I'm convinced on one hand, Eve listened to the serpent and um, began questioning. And as usual, Satan's approach was, did God really say, did he really mean? Mm-hmm. And we still battle that today. Yes, we do. And Adam failed in his headship because when you read of his of the fall, it says Eve ate and then gave with her husband with her. That's right. So he, he was he, there. He failed to uh, step in as as head and protect her. And from that moment on, you know, sin entered the human race, and you know they immediately covered themselves because you went from naked and not ashamed to oh we're naked we have to cover ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I don't really understand what that first shame was, but it's been that that hiding factor you know has come into play ever since. Ever since. Well, then when you take that initial fall and look over time. Uh, Satan did a great job of corrupting the way humans think, and we're responsible for our own thinking. It's not this, you know, mm-hmm. the old Flip Wilson TV show, you know, the devil made, devil me, made do me do it. it. Yeah, that's, he's definitely sending the arrows. He's the power behind the world system. He's the one that is the author of the lies, but, mm-hmm. you know, have twisted what God had designed as a pure, good relationship between husband and wife. Yes. into more of a selfish act, and it's twisted it. Sadly, that over the years, sometimes the church has taken the view mm-hmm. that you know sex is dirty and, and, and bad. Yeah. And so they've gone way to the other extreme, and our culture has said, no, 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 it's a good thing, but they don't understand the right context. And so he's right. twisted it every which way but loose. And we shouldn't be surprised because no. he's the father of lies. And, right. and like you say, he set the example of what he was going to tell us and mm-hmm. do in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Uh, casting mm-hmm. doubt on God's goodness, mm-hmm. uh, uh, minimizing uh, mm-hmm. the consequences of our sin. Mm-hmm. So we should expect that to mm-hmm. be the case today, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, so we, we are in a real mess today right. as far as sexual purity. Uh, uh, as you say, we were designed as sexual beings, but uh, but after the fall, our, our flesh is sinful. Mm-hmm. And then, then this sex-saturated world we live in doesn't help, does it? No. No, we're inundated with messages. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a problem throughout history. You read of sexual sin from early on in Scripture all the way through. But now we live in a a culture where we've separated sex from from being something that uh, is part of our expression of Mm -hmm. 
intimacy and marriage, yes. and you know, even the twisted versions of that, to now sex is just something I do, and, and we've separated it from who we are. And then we get messages routinely, no matter where we turn, to, to go for it. If you just watch a typical sitcom, Oh. You know, the, the, the basic flow in a sitcom is you meet somebody, uh-huh. you might fall in love, you have sex, and once in a while you get married, but not usually. Right. So everything's right. upside down. Everything. Uh, uh, there's one sitcom many years ago I watched, and, and I didn't watch it very long because the main premise of this particular show is, well, how long do you have to date before you have sex? Hmm. And I thought, well, that's really not that funny. Right. But I... I did some checking that uh, great theological website, ask.com. <laughs> and I, I just posted that question, how long do you have to wait? And it's a, it was amazing at the, the answers. My. From, gee, as long as you're comfortable, mm. to four or five dates. And oh, we're my. thinking, that, that's so backwards. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because the scripture says, wait. Yes. And our culture says, go for it. Yes, and our children who are allowed to watch those sitcoms, mm-hmm. they assume that's truth or it wouldn't be on television, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's sad. It's sad. Well, you know, I, I think, too, the fact, bottom line for a Christian, is that in this sex-saturated world, uh, with all the lies surrounding uh, sexual purity, God still demands purity, doesn't right. he? Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't change. No. Nope. It- we often uh, encounter the question, what is God's will for my life? Mm-hmm. And there's a handful of passages in the New Testament that says, this is God's will. Mm-hmm. And one of them is in 1 Thessalonians 4, which says, this is, your, this is God's will, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Yeah. Yeah, so, Pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you may meet these couples that are living together outside yeah. of marriage and say, what's God's will for my life? Well, let's mm-hmm. start right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you really want to know God's will for your life. Yes. Here's, here's one where it blatantly says it's not something you have to guess about. Yes. And I think that's something that's so important about this because so many believers go, I want to do God's will, mm-hmm. Con- completely overlooking the fact that they're sleeping mm-hmm. with, a, with a boyfriend, girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, cohabiting, whatever. Uh, but that's, that's the starting point because he can't move you in the direction of the will for his life if you're already out of his will right. in such a significant area that his commands are very clear about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that has weakened the, the church as a whole because oh, yes, no doubt. Uh, you know, the, the power for life when we're making intentional choices, mm-hmm. it's different you know, if, with somebody who's struggling with that and they slip rather than somebody who's intentionally making that choice of course. You know, as a lifestyle, mm-hmm. and then wonder, why isn't God blessing me more? Yeah. Why can't, you know, where is that power? Well, when you're stepping, living outside of his will, you can't expect him to say, oh, that's okay. Or to bless you, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yeah. good point. Well, when we consider the mess we're in, uh, sexual purity does seem impossible, mm-hmm. uh, but you offer excellent insight from 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. It says, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man, and God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with temptation will provide a way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Mm-hmm. Wow, powerful. So now tell us, what are some of the truths that you glean from that passage that will help us in this uh, in our times of temptation? That's one of my favorite passages for dealing with issues like this. First is, that uh, it says that whatever temptation we're struggling with is not unique to us as an individual. 
I'm convinced that's one of the the lies of the enemy and his buddies mm. is nobody struggling with this like you are, or you're the only one in this church struggling with this. That's not true. So don't tell anyone. Keep it inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep it to mm. yourself. And that goes back to our view of God, because if you're in a church that you know, teaches the wrong view of salvation, you're also going to be afraid of bringing it up because of you know, they'll deem, oh, you must not must be not saved. Be a Christian. Yeah. yeah. So the first thing is to recognize the things I'm struggling with mm-hmm. are common. It doesn't make them right, but yeah. it's not unique. Mm-hmm. That's one. Mm-hmm. The second is that um, there's a little phrase in there, God is faithful, which is real simple to read over if you don't mm-hmm. stop and think about mm-hmm. it. But that whole premise in that mm-hmm. passage is mm-hmm. built around the character of who God is. Ooh, yes. And yes. recognizing that he is faithful. And so when God says something, then that's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. When he says, I give you this, then we can count on that. Yeah. And so we're depending on ultimately on him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on and he says, uh, with whatever the temptation is, that he's not going to give us something more than we can handle. I should say he's not going to allow us to go through more than we can handle. Right, right. You know, he doesn't tempt us to evil, but he's not yes. going to allow more than we can handle. Yes. Um, it may be something that we think is more than we can handle. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's allowed because that's how we learn to walk in faith. Because yes. it's not my power. It has to be his power. And, and along with that, he says that he provides a way of escape. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's where we fail is, is um, we ask God to remove the temptation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a valid request, but he never promises to remove the temptation. No, that's so, true. So if you think of it from a, a male perspective, all he has mm-hmm. to do to remove the temptation for sexual purity is, is eliminate every female on the planet <laughs> and totally wipe out my brain so I don't have uh, any thoughts or, you know, that that's what would be needed to remove the temptation. God's not going to do well, that. Well, no, no, yeah. thankfully. But, <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> but he, he promises a way of escape, mm-hmm. and that's what we need to look for. Yes, it, yes. It's, it's okay to say, God, remove this temptation. It might be something, you know, Internet or something like that, but it's what's the way of escape? What's the way out? That's what he's promised. And we should ask that in mm-hmm. those moments of mm-hmm. I'm being tempted. That should be the question. Lord, you promise a way of escape. Mm-hmm. So what is it? Show mm-hmm. me. You know, yeah. Open my eyes. Don't yeah. let me miss it. So if I'm sitting there staring at a computer screen yeah. and I'm going to this website and yeah. that website and going, oh, Lord, I'm tempted. And he said, turn off your computer. Turn it off. Yeah. Get up and go in the other room. Go for yes. a walk. Yes. There's, you know, we, we don't look enough that way of escape. And that was probably one of the aha moments in my mm-hmm. thinking as I was going through this process of identifying the problem, but then how do you fix it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really one of the key ideas is oh, recognizing, let's look for the way yeah. of escape. How do we get out? Mm. Well, one of the things I think, too, we have to understand in this process is that it's not a one-time deal. No. We're not going to fix, you know, okay, I, I found my no. way of escape, and that's it. I'm through with it. I'm pure for the rest of my life. Uh, so so talk about that. It's, what should our expectation be of, of resolving our sexual sin issues? Well, you're right. It's not a one-time issue because, you know, I was born male, and I will die male. And so my sexuality is part of my identity. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of... Um, When Paul says that our sins are outside of the body except for sexual sin, and I pondered that for a long time, couldn't figure out what in the world, why is that unique? You know, if I go out and get drunk at night, Uh yeah, that's Uh affecting my body, but he says that's something outside. Well, that's not part of my core identity as God has 
put me together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it can't be a one-time thing because it's you know we're lifelong sexual yes. beings. Yes, yes, yes. The second part, I think, is we need to just have a healthy view of what God's asking. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to our definition of, of sexual purity, of mm-hmm. making um, godly choices that glorify Him uh, by applying biblical standards to my sexual decisions. So if having that big picture of you know, what we want to, to get done and recognizing that it's a step-by-step, yes. you know, day-by-day process, and uh, that's part of the reason, um, practical reason for us to keep a, a healthy, ongoing relationship with God because it's, it's, a, it's a nonstop, non-stop process. Non-stop, totally, totally takes us home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for, for our listeners' sake, would you repeat once again that definition of sexual purity? Yeah, it's making godly choices by glorifying God by applying biblical principles to our sexuality. That's, that's very broad, but yeah. the, the key part is biblical principles and glorifying God. That's our mm-hmm. ultimate goal. It's not just simply stopping, but it's honoring God and, and focusing on Him. Absolutely. That's a, it's a great, great definition. Well, what would you say? Your, your, the title of your book uh, is Stormproof Men, uh, Sexual Purity for Christian Men in a Sex-Saturated World. What would you say are the characteristics of a stormproof man? Jesus uses the illustration of uh, building a house on the sand or a house on the rock. Mm-hmm. And in both of those cases, uh, the house experiences the same storm, winds, rains, everything else. Yeah. And one house stands, the other does not. And the one that stands is built on um, the words of, of Christ and uh-huh. the character of God. And so a stormproof man is that, that person that... Uh, when those temptations come, because they will, mm-hmm. we can't avoid them. When those temptations come, they they've built their life on on the right foundation, yes. and they're equipping themselves by being aware of the right tools from Scripture, mm-hmm. so that when the storms come, we know how to withstand them or how to escape them. Yes. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Well, we're going to have you back to talk about how to apply biblical principles regarding our sexual practices. But in closing, how do you recommend our listeners prepare their hearts for what God might be wanting to tell them through your book, through this podcast series? Uh, Give us some direction there. I I think one of the the things that we can do, and just as a practical way of life, it's not just limited to this, is... Um, open our heart to understand and to know better who God is, yeah, and let the scriptures define that, not you know our thinking or and just you know, spend some time on on meditating on who is God and what has He done mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. You know, that could be as simple as reading a few Psalms and and thinking mm-hmm. about okay, this is what it says about who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that that's part of it, and the other is. Just analyzing the heart. I worked as an engineer for a long time, so I like using words like analyzing and step one, two, three, and that sort of thing. <laughs> That's okay. but, but the idea of analyzing uh-huh. your heart and, uh-huh. and am I really at that point where I want to? Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry yet about whether I can, but start first off, to? do I want to? Okay. Uh, because that's, that's really where it has to begin. And so mm-hmm. it's thinking in terms of who is God and do I really want to do this? Um, as opposed to, I have to do this. Now, frankly, sometimes we have to start there, but mm-hmm. long-term success is, do I really want 
to do what God wants me to do and be the man or the woman that God wants me to be in these relationships. Oh, and I pray that that is the desire of our our audience and and us as well. So thank you, Dr. Frank Hauser. It's been good to be here. We are to uh, bring glory to God in all of our actions, but our training to do do so really uh, depends upon the Lord uh, leading us and guiding us as we yield to Him. Uh, This ongoing battle that we deal with uh, is continuous until the Lord takes us home. But we at Grace are prepared to come alongside you in your journey to live by grace and to minister grace to others. We offer online courses and workshops in addition to our accredited classes for degree programs and many books like Position and Condition, a book by Dr. Dave Anderson. They're available to you uh, and really will help you give, uh, get, create a, a biblical picture of grace. So do we hope you'll check them out. So do you have friends and family who need to hear about God's amazing grace? Sharing our podcast is a perfect way to start the conversation with them. Download our app at gsot.edu to have access to all of our resources. Well, we're so glad you tuned in today. Remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and it can never be lost. You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash savinggrace. Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership. 